0: Success. Didn't fall off. That's a good start. It's a little bit surreal, a little bit strange, a little bit different. Uh, Aaron sent a message during the week. He said, feel the feels. Cool. It's a little bit tricky to do, but I think it's good advice. God gave us emotions. I said that as we were farewelling him. Uh, Yeah, he gave us feelings so that we could feel, so we can relate, so we can... Uh, have connection, have relationship. These are good things. So thank you, church. And so this week, I spent a bit of time thinking about, over the last few weeks, thinking about what I might say today in my last sermon here. It's my last day at Bentley. 32 years ago, I was born and not here, but then I came here as a baby. And yeah, from then, I don't remember much at all. But that's probably pretty normal. But then I grew up. As a kid, I remember camps and long members' meetings. We'd go out the back and climb the trees. They've been cut down now, uh, but that's all right. Uh, as a youth, as a teen, had youth group, and youth group was the highlight of my week. And also things like Planet Shakers concerts and, and going out to things like that. And then as a young adult, Sports Fest became the highlight. Of my year. And I remember uh, a pivotal moment was when I went with Fusion to Tasmania, foundations course, thinking about what does it mean to be a Christian. And that was a moment where I said, yeah, this is actually who I want to be. This is a line in the sand moment for me. And so all of these things have been uh, born out of this place here. And then as I got older still, I became a leader, unsure about so much of this faith journey, how it works, questions, doubts, fears but wanting to honour God, wanting to honour the people around me. Most of the time that's been done reluctantly, okay, sure, we'll give it a go. Uh, And so I feel a bit of pressure today, a bit of self-pressure put on by myself. I want to be remembered well. I want to make an impact. And I think we can all probably relate to that. So through my mind I start thinking of a bunch of things that we could do to help today be memorable, help make today uh, impactful. And I thought, well, we could just tell a whole bunch of jokes. That might work. Probably not. Uh, fireworks might do it. Probably a bit dangerous. A uh, whole bunch of confetti. Make a big mess that someone else has to clean up. Uh, no, not a good idea. We could have a party. I'd having a rap battle up on stage, but no. I can't really rap. Uh, I thought about painting something on the back wall. Brad was here. Uh, that could be fun. We'll have to wait and see. We'll see what we do. Probably won't involve paint. But I'm thinking all of this, I'm thinking, how can, how can I help myself be remembered? And I came across the book of Colossians during the week. It was written by Paul to the church in Colossae. And it spoke to me. God spoke to me. And I think he has something to say to us today as well because I was beginning to miss the point wasn't I I was getting a bit too concerned about how I would be remembered about my own name being remembered and so today I want to encourage us I want us to be equipped to keep the main thing the main thing which brings the first question what is the main thing well, I think we celebrated it last week at Easter. It's like when you're growing up in Sunday school, the correct answer to any question is always either the Bible or God's Son. Who is? Jesus is the answer uh, to every question. Jesus is still the answer, He is still the main thing. It's pretty simple. He's the answer to all questions. He is our champion, as Mike preached on last week. Jesus. And Paul agrees in Colossians. So, quick quiz, pop quiz. There's been no practice. We'll see how we go. I'll ask a question. You respond. First question. Who do we look at to see the God who cannot be seen? Jesus, well done. One from one. Who do we look at to see God's original purpose for creation? Jesus, says Paul. Who started everything? Angels, trees, grasshoppers, farts, rivers, moles, antelope people, everything? Jesus. Who was there before it started? Who holds it all together? Jesus. Who is the head of the church? Who organises the church? Jesus. We need to get a little bit louder. Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? Yeah. Jesus is probably there too, but I was just checking that we're listening. Who is supreme? Who uh, shows this supremeness through the resurrection? Jesus. Jesus. Well done. Who is bigger than us all, yet fully human and fully God? Jesus. Jesus. Who is putting everything, people, animals, things, atoms, all these things that were broken, dislocated, back together, healing and making it as it should be? Jesus. Jesus putting everything back together, bringing things as they should be. I wonder if you've ever broken a bone or dislocated something in your body. I've done my wrists, my finger, that was a bit annoying, uh, my ankles a couple of times, one was a fracture, most of the others were just soft tissue, sprains and strains, but they hurt, don't they? When you do it, you're running, basketball, landed on someone else's foot, oh no, oh dear, that's going to be bad. It's painful. It it hurts. Well, to God, I think the whole world has been broken, dislocated, off-centre, not joining, not working together as it should have been. And it hurts him. It hurt God as it hurts us. So much so, what do we do when we have a broken something? We go in for surgery. God goes in for drastic surgery. Even though that drastic surgery was going to be unbearably painful, which we heard about last week at Easter, Jesus steps in and he takes on the pain... But he knew he would, it would be worth it to bring healing. So Paul continues in his letter to Colossians. talking about what the main thing is. You've seen this change, Paul says. You've seen it in your own lives and the people around you. And then he says, you don't walk away from a gift like that. You stay grounded, you stay steady in that bond of trust. Constantly tuned into the message. Careful not to be distracted or diverted. There is no other message, just this one. Every creature under heaven gets this same message. So, therefore, he continues later on in 3.17, Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, every detail, be done in the name of the Master, Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. There is no other answer. There is no other message, just Jesus. Jesus bringing everything back together, healing the world like God wants. He is the main thing. And says Paul, because of that, every detail of our lives should be aligned with him, should be done in his name so that we should uh, live with Jesus. Now, at this point, you might be thinking, okay, Brad, yep, this is just the same message that we hear over and over and over and over and over again. Or maybe you're thinking, jeepers, Brad, that's a little bit tricky. Every action, everything, how can we do that? Is that even possible? Well, let's track it. And that's what our toys are for here. Quick illustration, following the main thing. So God's made everything and he said it was good. But then, since then, it's been broken. And this is what our playroom looks like most of the time. But Jesus steps in. He steps in to recreate, put things back together as they should have been, as they are meant to be. And so he builds, he creates, and it's an ongoing process. And then he actually asks us to get on board as well. We are called to be on the train, on the track, with him, helping to put it all back together as well. And so we're going to use that as our illustration, as our picture of the main thing. Jesus steps into the world because he loves us and he's calling us to help fix it, help, be, uh, yeah, help join him in recreating. He wants us to help, wants us to get on board. It's the only message we need. We're loved by God, God loves the world, God has a purpose to recreate it. He wants us to help. Sometimes we struggle to believe it, don't we? Sometimes we choose to not think it's true. How could it be true? I don't see God. I still see lots of pain. I still see, see lots of suffering. How can it be true? How could God love the world? How could God love me like that? But we need to be constantly reminded. I know I do. I need to be constantly reminded of this message. Jesus loves you. Jesus is fixing the world, and he wants us to help. We've got a part to play. We need to hear it over and over and over again, because if you're anything like me, You get distracted. You get diverted from the message. Paul says, we don't want to walk away from a gift like this. And I don't. I don't want to walk away from it. But life gets distracting. So let's think about some of these distractions. That distracts us from this main thing, the main message. Think about two broad categories. And I think most of them fit into these two broad categories. I've only got two buckets, so we'll have to make that work anyway two broad categories of distractions that can take our focus off of this main thing. We'll use our distraction buckets. We'll put some distractions in them in a moment. But just to highlight uh, yeah, the question, have you ever been distracted from this main thing? Have you found yourself at some point in your life this week, today, distracted from this main thing? To name one time this week, I was getting a bit angry at bedtime this week. Not my bedtime. I quite enjoy that. Kids' bedtime. For some reason, it's just the most frustrating part of the day, isn't it? I remember as a kid, it was a frustrating time of the day. I just want to be up and play and see what's going on in the house. But as a parent, it's equally frustrating. But as a parent, I don't want it to be frustrating. I want it to be a good, special time. Hey, I love you. I see you. Hey, what have we done today? What have we learnt? Let's have some fun, but hey, now sleep, rest. It should be a good time of the day. And I found myself getting angry and frustrating, and there's a few things going on for me this week. But I had to step back and say, what's going on? Why am I acting like this? I don't want this to be how I act at bedtimes. And that turned into a prayer. God, why am I doing that? I can bring it to God. Jesus, what's going on? Why am I acting this way? Why am I distracted from this main thing? It's only when we do that, when we identify these distractions, either because someone points it out or we notice it or God points it out to us, that we can say, okay, I'm actually going to let it go so I can be focused on that main thing. So, two categories, either self-indulgence or self-protection. Self-indulgence, like false promises, uh, self-protection, those things that make us afraid. And I've got a big list of things here. Uh, That can help identify some of these things. False promises. To identify what is a false promise. Maybe when I'm feeling sad or or angry or lonely or bored. Maybe I turn to something like chocolate. That'll make me feel better and it might for a little bit, but it's a false promise. It doesn't last, does it? Or fear. What are we talking about? Uh, Those things that we have a chance to act, we have a chance to do something, but we act out of self-protection. Instead, going uh, go to school, and even as an adult, if a teacher or someone asks for a volunteer to share, to give an answer, step up and put themselves out there, I would be very good at avoiding eye contact at all costs. Become, mis- become Mr. Invisible. You can't see me. Don't, don't look this way. Avoiding eye contact out of fear. Self-protection. Paul goes on to list some of these things as well. We won't run through all of them, but I've got a, a few here. That first bit, he's talking about lust. Seeing things that we want and we think if we get it, then life will be better. Life will be great. And that can be people, can be property, can be all sorts of things. We lust after things, and that's that's a false promise. It won't bring life. At the bottom of that list Uh, He's got a whole bunch of things about being angry, having bad temper, talking meanly to each other. Dirty talk, as it says in the message. Meanness. I think a lot of this is based out on fear. I'll hurt you before you can hurt me, and I'll do that in words uh, or actions. Out of fear. It's a distraction from the main thing. Paul, earlier in Colossians, he even names religiousness. That's my word. Uh, but he's talking about this idea that some of these religious attitudes can sneak in and be a distraction from the main thing. As a young adult group, we've been reading a book that talks all about this. Religious attitudes sneaking in. Maybe someone says, if you read your Bible every day, then Jesus will love you more. Maybe we just somehow believe that, start to think that it's true. But it's not true. Jesus can't love us any more than he does because he loves us as much as he possibly could. For Paul, it was people saying, hey, you've got to eat this. You can't eat that. You've got to do this. You've got to pray this way. Religiousness can sneak in, and it's a false promise. If I do this, then God will love me more. Oh, there's too many here, but let's rush through some. Facebook, sad how long I might be scrolling on the computer or on the phone, looking for what? I don't know. Instagram might be the same. All sorts of social media. What are we looking for? I don't know. False promise, once I find it, I'll know. It just keeps going, doesn't it? Sport might be the same thing. Once we win, uh, it just goes round and round. Parents, how we relate to our parents. If only I had better parents Uh, in investments, false promise. Neighbours, what do our neighbours see? What do they hear? Act out of fear in how we relate to them. Uh, The good old days, only life was like back in the good old days. Kids these days, they don't act like, I think that's a false promise. Because my understanding is back in the good old days, it wasn't actually that good. There was still pain, there was still suffering, there was still all these things going on. It's a false promise, isn't it? Kids and grandkids, we can act out of fear in a lot of these things, can't we? Food can be a big false promise. Being remembered. Yeah, That was mine for this week, wasn't it? Acting out of fear. I don't want to be forgotten. And so I do things, I I make sure that people remember me. But it's a distraction from this main thing. Some of these things, food... Relationships, being connected, they're necessary things, aren't they? We need food. We need relationship. We're made for connection. We need to be known. We need to be remembered. If no one remembers us, then it's going to be very hard to live a good life. But, but, when we start using these things as protection when we're afraid, when we start using these things to make ourselves feel better, false promises then we're getting distracted from the main thing, Jesus and his life of love, because it holds us back, because it weighs us down. So what's the alternative? Well, Paul says basically, don't overthink it. Just live it. It's not that complex. He says, my counsel for you is simple, straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You received Jesus Christ, the Master. Now, live him. You're deeply rooted in in Him. You're well constructed upon Him. You know your way around the faith. Now, do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subjects and start living it. And let your living spill over into Thanksgiving. School's out. Time to step out. I remember as I was about to leave primary school, I had great anxiety and fear and sadness about the friends that I would be moving away from. Most of them weren't going to, none of them were going to the high school that I was going to. I was looking forward to that, not looking forward to leaving primary school. High school was about the same. High school started tough, but then it got better. And by the end of year 12, I really liked high school. I loved being at school. The thought of leaving school, the thought of stepping out from school, was, no, I don't want to do that. I can't see myself doing that. But then the last day of school came. And I got to drove away because I had my license at that point, which was cool. And then there was no way that I wanted to go back. I was out of school. School was finished and that was a good thing. I could not see myself going back to school. I would not want to go back to school. When we step out, when we choose to not let these fears and false promises dictate what we are going to do or what we're not going to do, that's when we find Jesus' life. That's when we can find Jesus' life in the main thing. I wonder... What is something that makes you come alive? Feel joy, feel a deep sense of joy, freedom within you. Leaving school was one of those things for me. Because these things, they try and weigh us down, don't they? They say, stay safe. But they get really heavy. Don't risk, be afraid, look out who you can be afraid of. And instead of being weighed down by these things, I have this picture of flying being the opposite of being weighed down by these things, which can be a bit heavy. I see here Paul is saying, Fly. Let's fly with Christ. I wonder if you've ever had dreams about flying. I did when I was a kid. I haven't had one for a little while. That's annoying. I wasn't in control when I was flying in my dreams, but I could run, 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 and take off and and fly around. And that sense of freedom was amazing. Arms out, it was cool. But there's no way I could do it, dream world or real world, if I'm holding on to all of these things. My arms are tied. Now, just because we choose to let go of these things just because we say, okay, we're going to step out, we're going to fly, we're going to try something new. It doesn't mean that life will be easy. Let's keep thinking about flying. Do you like flying? Yes, maybe, no. Sometimes it can be great, but it can bring a whole lot of fears and anxieties as well, can't it? You're sitting on the plane, there's those strange noises. Was it meant to do that? It's bumping and rocking. The screaming child behind you or in your arms can bring fears and anxieties Can't they? Oh, it's confined space and we're hurtling through the air, 900 kilometres an hour. Just because we step out, just because we fly, doesn't mean that life's going to be easy. But at the same time, flying is so great, is so amazing, isn't it? Our family, most of us uh, like the thought of flying every day at our house if the wind's blowing the right way, which is most days. The Emirates A380 flight comes over at 5.30 p.m., pretty much directly above our house. Sometimes it's early, sometimes it's late, but even now, years after it's been happening, if someone hears it, because you can hear it a fair way off, it's a massive plane. The call goes out, it's a big plane, and we rush to the windows, even now, and have a little glimpse, have a little look. Flying is amazing, isn't it? It just seems impossible. How can such a thing go through the air, straight over my head? It is huge. It makes me wonder, what risks, what fears have people pushed through to be able to get us there? It hasn't actually been very long, has it? You think back to the Wright brothers and their first plane, and now all of a sudden we're going around in these things. A whole bunch of risks, a whole bunch of fears that people have said, no, we're not going to let that dictate how we're going to live. We're going to fly in a double-decker massive thing through the air. Maybe flying's not your thing. So, we'll chuck in a few different metaphors, images just to think about. Maybe it's cycling, riding your bike really fast downhill, or just leisurely around the bike. That's where, around the river on the track. That's where you feel freedom. Maybe it's paddling. Maybe it's sailing. Maybe it's doing crocheting. Got a few of our young adults that are right into crocheting. Maybe it's those sort of things where you feel freedom, where you come alive, where you're making something good and making something new. Jesus' call is the same for all of these. Push out, launch, go, take off, start stitching, pick up your crochet hook and go. Risk, hand over the anxiety, hand over the fear to him. And when we do that, we can fly. So how do we not be dragged down by these heavy things, by fear and false promises. Because it's especially significant at big changes, isn't it? At significant big moments in life, big changes, like we're about to step into, like the church is about to step into. When we step into these big changes, it can be so tempting just to hold on to these things for some self-protection, to make me feel a little bit more comfortable. But Jesus says, no, let them go. Paul, he outlines one way of doing this. And I think it's an everyday choice. He says, be clothed in the things of God. Compassion, kindness, humility. Being content, we're coming second. Above all else, says Paul, put on love every day. Literally, carry it around. Wear it around with you. So it's the first thing that people see as they approach you. Love. And as opposed to these, which are often self, which are all self-motivated, love and these things on this screen, Colossians 3, 12 to 14, they're all other people focused, aren't they? So, a couple of questions. Do you need to release something so that you can be clothed in love, so that you can fly with Christ, stay on track with the main thing? Is there a habit that is snuck in that distracts you? from the people around you, that's keeping you moored up to the bank, tied on and not wanting to set out, grounded on the runway? Is there an agreement that you've made? Oh, I could never do such and such. I'm, I'm only a, a young person, an old person, a guy, a girl, I'm not smart enough. Is there an agreement that we've made that's based out of fear, which is stopping us from actually stepping out and flying, giving Jesus' life a go? I think there is, because there always is. There's always these things that are coming at us all over the place. Distractions are everywhere. It's why we continue to meet. It's why we continue to gather. Why we continue to worship over and over again and again, weekly, weekly, daily, daily. So let's make this our prayer. Continually pray that this main thing, Jesus stepping in, recreating the world and calling us to be a part of that, would be the main thing that we live out and we would live it out with these attributes. Let's also pull each other up in love when we see that we're not living out life this way, when we're being tempted to say stuck, stay stuck in some of these distractions. So as we get ready to depart, as our family gets ready to lift off, as the church gets ready to say goodbye, school's out, Church, I'm deeply encouraged by the survey which we took a couple of weeks ago. We looked at who, who we are, who do we think we are, and what God is calling us to be. Stepping out in love was, was one of the things that was highlighted in that survey, and that's deeply encouraging. Not being dictated to by self-protection, not just living out of fear, but stepping out into faith, of, faith in God. Realizing and recognizing that his death, that his resurrection, that his life story, the main thing is a story that the whole world needs to hear, the whole world needs to see, the whole world needs to know. Church, I'm encouraged by the energy that I've witnessed in new people stepping up, seeing a younger generation step up and an older generation step up in different ways as well, into, into leadership different, uh, in different ways. And it's not encouraging just so I can go, yay, all my tasks that I've done can now be ticked off and or church can be run, yay, we've done church service, pat on the back. It's, it's not just about doing those things. It's recognizing that in stepping out in letting go of some of these fears and false promises, as we step out and show acts of love in Jesus' name, well, it's choosing to release fear and it actually changes the world. It changes the world for good. It says, I actually have something to offer, even when it feels like we don't, even when we just want to run and hide, because Jesus is in me. The main thing is in me. And he does have something to say, and he has something to say through each and every one of us. In looking further beyond the walls of this place, we can choose to walk with love. We can choose to walk with, with compassion and kindness. We can choose to see the people in our communities that we meet. We can choose to hear them, and we can choose to share this main thing, share this main story. So church, thank you for the opportunities that you have given to me. Keep your eyes on the main thing, as I too will try to do as we all step out, as we step out in different directions, as we step out to fly with Christ. Let's pray. Father God, Jesus the Son, Holy Spirit, you call us into your life. Your life sometimes seems scary. Your life sometimes seems impossible. But you call us into it. It is good for us. And so, Jesus, if there's obvious false promises that we've made agreements with, fears that we're holding on to, self